Hello there, everyone, and welcome back to Running the 615 Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Jones. Today, you are listening to episode 28, and our guest is Sarah Shear. It has been a hot minute since our last episode was released. No real reason for the delay. I just wanted to take a little break. I would like to say thank you to my lovely wife and some good friends who encouraged me to get back at it and get some new episodes out there. I am happy to be back with episode 28 that is ready for you to hear, and I'm excited that episode 29 is just around the corner as well. Let me tell you about our guest today, Sarah. I have known Sarah and her husband, John, for over a decade, and they are the coolest. Like several of our guests here on Running the 615, I met Sarah via the East Nasty Running Club. Sarah, John, and her brother, Seth, have been staples of the East Nasty crew since its very early days. Running has been a big part of Sarah's life, both on the personal side and in her work career as well. She has run almost every race distance there is, and she has worked in the running industry both in retail and on the race management side. Sarah has also completed an Ironman, which is awesome. When I made my initial list of those people I wanted to interview for running the 615, Sarah was certainly on there. Before the first episode was even recorded, Sarah came by our house and painted the Running the 615 logo that you see on the wall of every post-interview photo that has been taken. Sarah, as you will hear in this episode, is also a very talented artist. The purpose of all the Running the 615 episodes is to give each guest a chance to tell their story and to give you out there something to listen to on your run or on your walk or on your drive to work. Sarah's story is a great one. We discuss her running career. We talk about working in the running industry, including a brief window in time when our career paths crossed at Fleet Feet. We talk about why running is special to Sarah and the positive effects it has had in her life. We talk about music, we talk about Nashville, and we talk about a brand new chapter in her life, Sarah and John's move from Tennessee to Puerto Rico. It was so fun to sit down and talk to Sarah. She is a good friend and she always keeps it real. I'm excited for her and John and their recent move. I'm excited to get this episode out there uh, for all of you to listen to as well. Thank you for listening to Running the 615 Podcast, and thanks for your patience during a brief time away. There are plenty more episodes to come and more guests to interview for sure. Thanks again to today's guest for letting me literally interview her hours before she got on a plane and was moving out of the country, or more accurately, to another U.S. territory. Thanks to her for being the official artist of this podcast and for always being supportive and listening to every Running the 615 episode released so far. Here we go, everybody. Episode 28, Sarah Shear. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Running the 615 Podcast. This is episode 28, and I'm sitting across from my friend Sarah Shear. Sarah, thank you, first of all, for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. You have been a runner a long time. I've known you a long time. You've just been around running is, is kind of the easiest way to put it. But 
when I, as I've told other people, when I made out a list, when I was starting running the 615, you were on that list for numerous reasons. Number one, we met at East Nasty, which we both love. A favorite. Number two, we worked together at Fleet Feet, which we also both love. Yep. And number three, like you've just done a lot with running, uh, not only just individually uh, races that you've done and and, and kind of pushed yourself and, and done some really difficult things, but also on the other side of it, you've worked in the retail industry on the running side. You have done race coordinating and gone around the country and put on races like we are in your wheelhouse uh, talking about running is that accurate yes awesome well let's we're gonna start there as we always do Sarah tell me when running first became a part of your life so honestly the first time it really became a consistent part of my life was when I started going to East Nasty in 2010 I remember before that on and off during college and for the years after that, I would occasionally run a couple miles on my own, but it was never a consistent thing. I never actually trained seriously for any races um, or really considered myself a runner even until I started East Nasty. Awesome. And East Life Nasty. changing, I would yes, say. Yes, <laughs> man. Yes. Great. Couldn't said any better. You, so it, we've talked about this, but East Nasty, when you first started with it, you started with it within the training program. That was like what you went to first. I did. I had a girlfriend that I worked with at the time and she was wanting to do a half marathon for the first time. And she told me about this free training group in East Nashville. And I was wanting to get in shape and figured running would be a good way to do it. So I started going with her to the half marathon training group. There you go. And that was 2010. Yep. And that was for rock and roll. Half rock and roll half. Life. Yeah. Awesome. And do you remember that experience? Do you remember actually running in that race and, and how it went? I do. I remember it being harder than I thought it would be on the actual day of the race. Um, I remember training not even ever having realized how fun running could be until training, because at that point, East Nasty was fairly small and we would all do brunch afterwards and it would be a very social thing. Like it was honestly something I looked forward to all week. Like I would do training runs during the week with my friends that were in the same pace group. And then on the weekends would be the long run and brunch afterwards. Um, so that was, yeah, that was kind of a super fun thing that got me hooked on it. The race itself was really hard because it was, I think hotter than I was expecting and hillier. Not that I'd always heard it was hilly, but you know, it just, it is <laughs> for yeah. a first time half marathon. It was intense. The two H's are, are part of it. And again, this year, I mean, yeah. it, it happened in April uh, for the first time in three years since the pandemic. And lo and behold, this Saturday, it landed on probably the hottest, hottest. day of 2022 between January one and yeah. April 23rd. I mean, it's, it's kind of bizarre if you look at the 20 years that they've had that race, how yes. many times that has just landed on a hot day and you were lucky enough to get one of them, 2010. Yep. Yeah. So a little bit more about East Nasty. Uh, we've had some other East Nasty guests on this show. It's just such a neat thing to be a part of. It's, it's kind of... Um, stood the test of time. Yeah. You ran East Nasty two days ago. Uh, yeah. It's still going strong. You know, what is it about East Nasty that you kind of remember I guess the most and what what part is it that you just kind of feel the most attached to um what I remember the most about it is just it being such a supportive community that it was so easy to meet people who wanted to support you in reaching your goals whether that's training or you know improving your pace or whatever it never felt 
competitive in a negative way. It felt like people were there to help you figure out how to train better or to run with you or whatever your goal was. Right. I think that's the biggest awesome thing about it. The community part. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that's probably the one word you could just describe East Nasty the best as is the community. And then now being a part of it for, for so long and, and it's still, still going like when you ran East Nasty this past Wednesday, like where, where were your emotions? I know we're, you're getting ready to make a move. We're I definitely going to talk about that, yep. but you know, what, what were you thinking when you were, you were running East Nasty again, you know, maybe for the last time and, and at least the foreseeable future. It was very nostalgic to do that one run. Um, I, oh my gosh, so many feelings. I honestly was just grateful for it. I feel like I am lucky to be a part of many communities in Nashville because I'm an artist. I have that community and then, you know, like dog, you know, I'm super involved in dogs and dog rescue groups, stuff like that, that community. But the whole community that East Nasty introduced me to, I just... It's not that it was even about finding running buddies. It's friends that I will be friends with for the rest of my life that came from that group. And that's the thing that I just feel like is really special about it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's there's a lot of marriages. Uh, there's a lot of families. There's a lot of lifelong friends that have started from that running group. And it still means a lot to a lot of people, which is which is really cool. And uh, my my hope always for East Nasty has been that every Wednesday at six o'clock for the next, uh, 40 years, you know, that it's still just going to be there somehow, yeah. some way to just go experience that. You just I, like, obviously it's a running group. We always know that a run is going to happen, but you know, I'm pretty sure I've said it here before. Most of the times when I'm thinking about East nasty on that day or even drive it to it, like the running part yeah. rarely enters my mind. Yeah. <laughs> it's you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's just who you're going to see, yeah. you know, and what you might do afterwards and what a neat thing that yeah. group is. And I have thought, um, recently Nashville has become a super popular place for people to move to. And so there are constantly new people moving here that are maybe young adults or, you know, middle-aged adults, any adults. <laughs> it can be hard to meet friends when you're in a new city and you're not in school or there because of family. And I always push them towards East Nasty because that's such a great place to get connected, to find friends and get connected. People are on Wednesday nights, you show up and people want to talk to each other. It's, it's not a like clickish group. It's very open, I think. Oh yeah. That's a great, I, you know, I actually haven't even thought about that. Like when you go there, the pressure is not on to go out and run as fast as you can. The pressure is on to, to get your social going, like yes. open, open uh, conversations going. Like that's a big part of it. Like, I think so. Hey, yeah. we're, we're a chatty bunch here. So yes. be, so be ready to talk. Yeah. <laughs> um, so a little bit more on the running part. Like, again, you have done a lot within running. Is there any part of the sport of running that you feel like has been a key component in keeping you involved in it and still running now and running, you know, short distances, long distances and, and also working in the industry? Yeah. Um, so many things. I, I feel like it's a combination. The social part is one thing that keeps me doing it. I love that I get to spend time with friends doing that together. Like that's just a fun way to meet up and talk. And, and honestly, I feel like you talk more than you would if you were sitting in a bar, you, you talk about real life things more than if you were sitting in a crowded loud bar, like when you were out running with your friends alone for an hour at a time, you like just talk very 
like honestly about what's happening in your life. I feel like Um, between that and then also personally for me, I feel like the longer I've done it, the more I realize it has a positive impact on my mental health. And I have always struggled with depression and I've seen a difference in, in that once I started running, I could tell that it was, I was more even keel. I had less dramatic ups and downs. And so to me, and it, and it could be exercise of any kind. It doesn't have to be only running, but running is definitely one of the easiest ways to, to make that sure. a reality. Yeah. That's awesome. And so let's, let's talk about races real quick. I know what you've done. How do you know? Have you done more than one ultra marathon? Uh, yes. And what's the longest one you've done? I think the longest one would be 62 miles and that was a stage race. So it wasn't 62 miles altogether. It was broken up into 20 ish mile increments over the span of three days. And it was in the Colorado Rockies and it's called trans Rockies and you camp along the way point to point, And it was beautiful. Yeah. One of the top race experiences ever. And that was, was it both on the top, uh, enjoyable, but also most difficult, I would think. Both. Yeah. 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 That's, uh, and then what, so have you done, I think, I feel like you did, you've done some other ones out West too, right? Yeah. Another favorite long distance, an ultra, it was, I did the 50 K distance was the monument Valley race. And that is out in the desert. And, but you also get to go through Navajo land, which is closed off to the public. They had the event organizers got a special permit. So you're actually getting to explore on foot stuff that some people will never get to see. Or the only other way you would get to see it is guided by a Navajo tour guide. And you might do that in a Jeep or on horseback. But to be on foot, I feel like you really soak in the environment in a way that you don't get to do when you just drive through a park in a car. Sure, yeah. That so was 50K? It was a 50K. That was yeah. a trail race and just so, so beautiful. Very challenging, but very beautiful. Man, yeah. Uh, that's awesome. I mean, I, uh, marathons uh, to me are very difficult. 26.2 miles I on mean, the road are. are long. But <laughs> when you're going past that, you know, being on the trail is definitely a di- different experience in the road. Yeah. But, you know, 30 miles is harder than 26 miles. I mean, it, you know, it, it sounds duh, but I mean, I just feel that way. Um, you know, when, do you remember like sometimes that you've had, maybe it was an ultra, maybe it was in some of the marathons you've run where you just really like had to dig deep, like just on the, on the pain train and, and had to find a way through it. Have you, have you had some of those? Yes, definitely. I will say my one and only Ironman experience was very much like that. Um, I had a bit of a hamstring injury going into it, but that's one of those kind of races that you sign up for so far in advance and you spend so much money and invest so much time in that you just, you just want to see it through, like no matter how you're feeling. (laughs) And so I went into that race semi injured and really struggled to finish it. Um, but I'm glad I did. Looking back, that's one of like, when I think of personal accomplishments, that's one of the biggest ones. No doubt. Your friend, Megan Connor, and you spent a lot of time training and doing yes. that together, right? And which Ironman was it? So that one that I did, it was called Beach to Battleship and it was an independently run, like a locally run, not um, the Ironman branded one. Ironman distance, Now but they not Ironman. bought it and it's called something different. But at the time it was Beach to Battleship and it was in Wilmington, North Carolina. Right. Also a guest of running the 615, Megan Connor. But yes. I, I, I absolutely remember you guys just doing doing a lot with that. Like you yeah. said, you plan way in advance to do an Ironman. So that takes uh, a lot of dedication and really perseverance just on the training part to get there. Yeah. But kudos to you for not being exactly fresh when it, when it started and sticking it yeah. through. 
It's yeah. I mean, I feel like it's like having a part-time job, honestly, (laughs) (laughs) which is why I haven't done another Ironman since then. (laughs) But I might one day, but I honestly feel pretty happy with that. That one time that I got to do it. It was a big accomplishment. Yeah, dude. Ironman is just all of it's long. The swimming, (laughs) the biking, the running. I mean, it's it's why it's called an Ironman, but that, oh God, so cool. um, Any any other races experiences that you've done that like anything that just sticks out from something that is just a a highlight memory of of your running career that you just loved, loved? Yeah. um, I mean, there are so many, it's hard to narrow it down. I did Chicago Marathon as my first marathon in 2011. And I have to say that was an incredible first marathon. The crowd support there is incredible. I went with a group of East Nasties. So I had friends there and my little brother lived in Chicago at the time and he Super came Seth. and ran. Super Seth. Ah, yes. That guy he is came a great and runner. ran the last five miles with me, mostly in front of me because he's way faster and was trying to push me, but <laughs> he's a good runner, man. He's I mean, an like amazing he, runner. He, he's one yeah. of, he's one of the guys that you watch. If you watched him run, five steps you're like yep yeah I mean, he's just a natural yeah yeah he's great <laughs> that's awesome well yeah I, I uh chicago is one of the best in the world right it's I mean, incredible that's, that's an, and yeah. that was your first full that was, was that my one? first full marathon yeah yeah wow so cool uh, so just a little bit on the on the race management side like being in yeah. a job where you are actually setting up races for people there's yeah there's a lot that goes into it there, there's there many is. many people that run road races that don't think for one second about what goes into actually making yeah. that happen which is fine that's okay yep. it's not like that's not a requirement yep. but you know what do you have memory wise from from the time you spent not only just in Nashville but in other places like actually being the one to make the race happen. Yeah. Um, I do think you're right about like that. There's so many little things that go into it that people don't necessarily think of. Um, and none of it's rocket science, but it just, it means being very detail oriented and having plans for everything, like emergency plans for medical and like weather plans, like any kind of plan you can, (laughs) you know, you have to think of every scenario and, and then just do a lot of planning in advance as far as work, working with the cities where you're getting permits, uh, parks that you're going to be in. You're trying to find sponsors to provide food or the race shirts or things like that. You're usually partnering with local running stores to get to get their support and help buying or getting the word out. Um, you're working online to build a registration platform. So there's I mean, it's it is a lot of moving pieces, but it is honestly a very fun and rewarding job to have. Yeah. What was more rewarding finishing your three day, um, ultra marathon or putting together the race that, that, that went down like you hoped it would. I actually am going to say putting together the races that kind of exceeded my expectations. Yeah. I, you know, I haven't worked on a race team. I've been around you during some races that have, have started. And I, I, know that even you know if the race is going off at eight o'clock at like 7 45 there's still all kinds of moving pieces going yeah. on and then like it just easy for me to say again i haven't had to do what you've done on the race director side but like it it happens right the gun goes off at eight and then like pieces maybe are still a little bit moving but for the yeah. most part it it goes accordingly because of people like you and the preparation that goes into it but um yeah that's a lot. It's more rewarding than the 
personal than the trans Rockies race. I feel really lucky that I got to have an experience like that and that I was physically able to do that. But then when I think about a race that I did that maybe like grew to a point that exceeded my expectations or something like that, it almost is more energizing and more rewarding because you get to see hundreds or thousands of other people getting to enjoy their passion, which is obviously running if they're there for a race. Um, And so it just makes it so much, it's about so much more than just you and your personal goals. And that's pretty cool. And I feel like not much can beat that. Yeah. Man, that is neat. Um, do you remember much about your Fleet Feet days working working uh, retail? It's uh, been a while, but yes, fond a, memories. <laughs> yeah, your girl Kim Glenn uh, was Love was a her. guest a couple episodes ago. I have very uh, distinct memories of the three of us working together and just lots of laughter. I mean, that's probably Such, the the, yeah. the one word to describe it. But there's energy in working in a running store. Like, yes, like you talked about, it's not on the larger scale where you're getting to like set up something that a thousand people or more participate in, but you do get those little experiences where you feel like, you know, you genuinely helped get somebody on the right path through either a conversation or getting a pair of Brooks. Yeah. I (laughs) obviously need to point them towards the Brooks. Um, Yeah, I would agree. I feel like in general, the sweet spot for me with finding work that is um, fulfilling is finding something where you're helping someone else or you're of service to someone else in bringing joy to their life. And so that could be fitting someone for a pair of shoes. Now I'm painting pet portraits and I get to do that by creating memorial portraits or special portraits that celebrate a bond. But yeah, it's all, I mean, all kind of has that same theme you could have that working in a retail running store by finding the right pair of shoes that makes someone enjoy their run or finding the right apparel or nutrition to where they're successful in their goals. And that's, you know, kind of rewarding along the same lines. Working. Yeah. Working at fleet feed and and running stores is, is unique in that sense. Uh, I think that's, that's super cool. So you just mentioned it. Uh, You're, you're an artist. You've been an artist. I would imagine most of your life. My whole life. Yeah. yeah? Did you, do you remember, you know, at an early age knowing that you were, um, you know, uh, that you felt like an artist, even, even in a young age? Yes. I have been drawing, more drawing. I didn't start painting until I was a teenager, but drawing for as long as I can remember. And I thought I would do other things along the way. Veterinarian was at the top of the list for a while. And when I was 15, I actually volunteered at the local vet's office. And that was a turning point where I had to assist with there, there would be surgeries like a spay or neuter kind of surgery. And just, I mean, that's not even super dramatic, but it's enough blood it was enough blood to make me realize this is not for me. There you go. <laughs> not, not, not a ton a of blood <laughs> and not as much blood in art. In art. Uh, you are the artist of running the 615 right yes, here. Yes, so uh, glad I got just, to do that. Yes, and it's awesome. And it's uh, uh, been great for a lot of pictures. So thank you. You're the official running the 615 artist. I, I mean, that's awesome. love that. Put that on a resume. If, if, <laughs> I will. <laughs> if, if need be. So let's, I mean, talk more about being an artist. You, you've, you've done it your whole life, you say, but you've grown it not only from a passion into a business, but you've had separate ways that you've gone with it. I know you do the classes where people come and they will paint a picture of their pet and you kind of set it up from a, but you are also an artist that does specific requests for people or creates your own art and, and people want that. I mean, that's, that's a super cool, 
you know, profession to be in, but just kind of, uh, you know, uh, super neat that you have that creative ability to do that. Thank you. I feel really lucky to be doing what I'm doing. Um, I, like we talked about, have been doing art my whole life. I was lucky enough to work with a mentor about four years ago. And it was really in talking to her that I came to what I'm doing now. She was the one that kind of suggested that I was going in a bunch of different directions and not gaining traction in any one direction because I wasn't focused enough. And she was right. And after talking with her, I decided to really dive into pet portraiture as my niche. And so that's when I started Painted Paul Studio, which is uh, what I'm doing right now. And it's just all about uh, painting pet portraits, teaching people how to paint their own pets through painting classes that I host. Um, I'm working on paint your own pet at home kits. This is a little sneak peek. I haven't even released that yet, but (laughs) it's coming soon. There you go. (laughs) Um, So yeah, it's all about that. Just kind of celebrating that bond that we share with our pets. Um, And when you have classes, I mean, sometimes you'll have, you know, upwards of 20 people where it's, it's, they're in a room, they're painting and you're, you're teaching that class and you're directing it. You know, what's some, what's some fond memories you have? You've done many of those. So yeah, I, I do them regularly. And one component that I think makes them special is that I actually sketch the pet onto canvas for them. Okay. I have found it because I wanted to do a class that made art accessible to people that don't already do it in their everyday lives. And, um, so that was a source of intimidation for a lot of people was how to actually draw their pet out and get the proportions right and, you know, shading and stuff like that. So I actually do a pencil sketch of the pet on canvas. So they have a template to go off of, and then it's talking people through mixing the paint colors, what brushes to use, and then giving them all the supplies they need at the class and talking them through it. Right. And that has been very rewarding too, to get to see people that haven't painted since high school come in and actually make a painting that they love and are proud of. Yeah. Uh, brief segue, our brief uh, side story here. My high school art career consisted of freshman year taking an art class and day one, um, they had something up on like a little stand that you were supposed to draw. And the art teacher came over and looked over my right shoulder and said, direct quote, she's like, oh, you can't draw. Oh, no. I was well, like, no, I can't. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So it's, anyway, that you, you, I mean, that's, that's absolutely what I would need in a everyone. case like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I know, I know not only that you've taught all those classes, I know people who have been to your classes and they're super fun. They get a lot out of it, but it's just a, it's a neat thing for the people who come that take that class, uh, you know, get to do and then take home something with them of, of, uh, the pet they love. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, just on the topic of art, do you have specific kinds of art that you are, I guess, more a fan of being an actual artist? You know, like if you're going to a museum or, you know, looking at the, they've got the virtual Van Gogh thing going yeah. on in Nashville right now. Like, is there, is there some art out there that's just kind of your, um, your thing that you like the most? Yeah, I would say um, anything with bright and bold colors, probably figurative, which just means I'm not as into abstract art. I appreciate it, but it doesn't personally, it doesn't like make me feel as much as like um, figures, like people, animals, landscapes, things that kind of I recognize and may attach some emotion to. Um, So bold, bright colors like Frida Kahlo is a favorite and... um, 
Yeah, things along those lines, I would yeah. say. So I just thought about this. You uh, did a lot of runs with the the morning group that would run out at Prissy Warner Park, Roy Tamez. And, yes. And the group. Yes. God, if, uh, there's so many things to love about Roy Tamez. <laughs> but when you when you talk about getting to run and talking to people for a while, I mean, that, that's got to be super fun. 11 yes. miles in Percy Warner Park um, with Roy Tamez. Have you ever painted any Percy Warner stuff? I have. I actually did a small series I think I did this about two years ago where I ran around to different parks that I loved running out and I would take a little camping chair and a travel set of watercolors. So it would be really small and portable and I would go hiking through the parks and then like set up a little area, a little station to paint and paint for a few hours. And I did that at Edwin Warner, Percy Warner, uh, Shelby Park and Ratner. Those are some of my favorite spots to run. Absolutely. Um, yes. Yeah. Birdie, my wife loves Ratner. Percy Warner too. I mean, that's just, we're, we're lucky that we've got those places. So, exactly. so close. Yeah. Um, so a little bit more about Nashville. You've lived here. How long? 22 years, 22 years living Thanks. in Nashville. Yeah. And you know, um, it's a tough question to answer, but what's, what's the best part to you about living, living in Nashville? The people for sure. Um, I mean, I love other things about it. I like that we have a lot of rivers and lakes around here, but honestly the people, the community here beat everything else. Huh? No, no. Hands down. John, your husband, a, a musician has gotten to do a lot of uh, music things in Nashville, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's actually how we ended up moving here. He is, um, he plays guitar and he was involved with the band and this was a good place to be for him. So that's kind of how we ended up here and then just really fell in love with it and stayed. Yeah, man. A big John Shear fan. Uh, we, we share a lot of the same taste in music. We've run a, a lot guy. together. I like him pretty well. Yes. He's, he's great. War on drugs. Every time I yes. think about John <laughs> Shear, I think about war on drugs coming to the Ryman next week. Ooh, I'll be thinking wow. about John Shear at the War on Drugs for sure. Um, what's it, what? What would you say is one thing about you that is definitely Nashville? Like, what's a what's a Nashville thing that that you own? I think, um, be like hospitality. People say Southern hospitality. I really do enjoy meeting new people, talking to, I don't care if you're a stranger. <laughs> I I think the that that part of Nashville. Nashville is very known for being friendly and I enjoy that. And I yeah. feel like I'm hopefully a part of it for sure. Is there anything about you that Nashville is now that you're like, I'm not, uh, not necessarily that part of Nashville is, is changing by the year. I feel like yeah. it's just getting bigger and bigger, but you know, anything about Nashville now that you don't necessarily align with? Yeah. I mean, it's probably something that it, uh, you've already heard before, but I mean, Nashville is pretty aggressively being developed. And I think the thing that makes that, that I struggle with the most is that people that have lived here for their whole lives are getting priced out of housing. That if somebody like, for instance, I live in Woodbine right now, um, there are people that maybe have lived there, grew up there, but just haven't had a chance to buy a house yet. And now they can't and also can't afford to rent in the neighborhood they're in anymore. And I feel like that's happening all over Nashville. And I, I know it's a part of any city growing, but it's just, it's just tough to see. Yeah. That's not, yeah, that's not good. Um, so we are going to talk about you moving. This is this is something that has been kind of in the works for a little bit. Yeah, uh, I, I want to talk first about about how it came to be. But 
in 24 hours or less, you and John and your two dogs are moving to Puerto Rico. We are. <laughs> yes. I'm sure people I listening to this podcast <laughs> thought you were going to be moving and they're like, Houston, you're moving to Jacksonville. Nope. No. You are moving to Puerto Rico. We are. Let's, let's start at the beginning. Okay. I, you know, when when's the first time you went to Puerto Rico and, and kind of talk me through how it got to now. Yeah. You are really going to Puerto Rico. Uh, yeah. Um, the first time we went was in 2018 and both John and I don't love winter and not that Nashville winters are harsh at all. Like I'm not complaining compared to Chicago or anything like that, but it is very dark and gloomy. And we had kind of talked about wanting to find just a sunshiny break from the, the kind of like general gloominess that happens here in the winter. And so we planned a trip in January to go and we, I think had let our passports expire. And so we were kind of limited as far as like, where can we travel that doesn't require a passport that would be, you know, tropical um, kind of vibes. And we started looking at Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico and realized that it has just the most beautiful beaches. It's honestly very easy to travel to. Um, we So we went for that reason in January and just fell in love with it. It was beautiful in January to go somewhere that was 70 degrees and sunny every single day. Um, the water is warm year round, which is kind of different from Southern California is also a, a landscape that I love. But honestly, the water is cold there. And so you can't just jump in. You couldn't go in January and have it be like a hot, sunny day. And then you just jump in for a swim. And so right. um, being in the Caribbean kind of location made it more to where I feel like we could enjoy it because we actually do love paddle boarding, snorkeling, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah that was a huge, that was the first huge thing that we that just were like, wow, this is part all the of things a, we love. <laughs> Puerto Rico is part of the U S territory. It's about a thousand miles South of Florida. Googled that. Um, what, how, how, how did you, what was like uh, logistics? Like how do you get to Puerto Rico? The, like, I mean, you maybe there's maybe different ways to get there, but have yeah. you kind of gone the same flight plan each time? We have, we have, um, pretty consistently flown out of the Nashville airport, had one layover in Florida and then um, arrived at the San Juan airport. So it's um, from Nashville, probably about a three or four hour trip altogether. It's not bad. No, not bad yeah. at all. I went to Brooks yeah. sales meeting in Seattle recently and it was four hours to get to there. It's Yep. <laughs> Puerto Rico's better weather yep. than, uh, than Seattle. Yeah, um, so, uh, talk a little bit more about being there. So you, now you've been there multiple times and yep. you're getting ready to go live there. Like, is there anything that just, uh, is completely different about Puerto Rico than the United States? Oh my gosh. Um, I mean, I would say the biggest thing to me that I noticed right off the bat was the culture is a little bit slower, more laid back. I mean, people talk about Island time and that is a real thing there. Like, People are not necessarily on 24-7. Like, you wouldn't expect someone to answer their email at 8 o'clock at night. Like, people people do have kind of more, um, I guess, boundaries on work and life. And I just kind of like that balance. Yeah. And it's it's beautiful 365 days of the year for the yeah. most part. Yeah. Pretty I mean, I, you know, there's always a chance of hurricanes and People have asked if we're scared about that. But honestly, after the 
past couple of years here and tornadoes and then our house being flooded in a flash flood. And (laughs) I kind of feel like we didn't avoid um, natural disasters here. So let's give this a try. (laughs) Sure. Go to someplace uh, real pretty and we'll roll the dice there. There's a lot of, uh, you talk about a little bit, there's a lot of wildlife in Puerto Rico. Like uh, let's talk about some of that. Yeah. So something I, one of many things I love about Puerto Rico, um, it reminds me a little bit of a Hawaiian landscape, like a mini Hawaii where it's, um, more diverse terrain. It's a similar climate to what you would get in Florida in like the Keys kind of area, but it's has more diversity as far as there's a rainforest. This is actually the only rainforest in the U S because it's a U.S. territory. Um, Elyunk is the rainforest there. So that's a very mountainy, Um, You'll find waterfalls and really beautiful wooded areas there. But then you also find the beautiful beaches and you have things like there's the world's brightest bioluminescent bay is on the island of Vieques, which is actually where we're going to be living. Um, So it's kind of a really special place as far as just like the natural beauty. It's just one of a kind truly yeah. and you said they have hor- they have free horses free not it's not everybody gets a free horse <laughs> free for all welcome horses. to puerto rico here is your free horse we we're are gonna exactly get rid of the car we're gonna be <laughs> horse transport only we're so happy to have you here which kind of horse would you like there are free roaming horses yes in, in so rico. it is common for people on the island of Vieques to have a horse but a lot of people live in villages that are kind of houses closer together where everybody doesn't have farmland. And so the horses roam pretty freely. So you could walk out on a beach and also just have a horse walk up to you and hang out with you, which yeah. has happened multiple times. And wow. it's pretty funny. Any other free roaming animals of, of uh, significance? Iguanas. Iguanas. <laughs> yes, yes. Which okay. our dogs, Titan and Oslo, have never seen an iguana before. And I'm very curious. What they are both making the journey as well. They're getting, they're <laughs> they going to be going to Puerto Rico. How they're cool going to be is island that? boys, both pit bulls. Yep. 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 They've never gone international before. They I have imagine. not. This will be very extensive travel for them. They've both seen the water. They've gone to the lake here, uh, but they've never been to a beach. So that'll be a first for them. And they've never flown and they're about to go on a big, big flight. So yeah, That's we're going to, going to drug them up a little bit for that. <laughs> Just to ease ease them into yeah. being uh, international. Um, so yeah, you are, you're going to go to Puerto Rico, and it is a it is a unforeseeable stay. It yeah. no, don't lo- don't know long how you're going to be yeah, there. You just know I, you're going. Yeah, I, I've had people ask like, for how long, or when are you coming back, or are you coming back? And I just I want to say never say never. I honestly don't know. I feel like this is just an important chapter of our lives that we have dreamed of and want to try, but I, you know, I, I honestly don't know. There's no like five year plan or we're just going to go, we're going to see how we like it. Uh, Maybe this will be something that leads us to the next place we want to live, or maybe we'll want to just stay there and, you know, for years and years, but we'll, we'll figure it out. I think it's super cool. I remember talking to you and John, I think you'd only been there a couple of times and, and you were already like going down this path. Like we really love it there. This is something that we want to do. It's not something I think, you know, the first time you, you were talking about, it wasn't something that you were obviously going to do the next day, but you're yeah. like, this is, this is something we want to do. That's awesome that you have, you know, I, I I'm sure the pandemic made a little bit that of put a damper. <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> like, like it did the planet earth basically, but you know, awesome that you guys are, are going to Puerto Rico and, and, and moving and going to a place that's uh, truly like a destination residence. That's awesome. We're pretty excited. 
and what is your guest policy of, of people that are allowed to come and visit and how many are you allowed to have at one time? Please come and visit. We would love to see you. We would love to share these places that we have found that we love. Um, so the more the merrier and the place we got actually has a two bedroom Airbnb unit. So have a place to stay if anybody. <laughs> yes. Now, do <laughs> visitors get free horses? And if they do, how do they get them um, back to the States? <laughs> <laughs> Good luck yes. on that. <laughs> oh, man. Um, your husband is a musician. I want to talk just a little bit about music. Yeah. Uh, what, what's a couple of your favorite artists and bands that you like? Oh, my gosh. I have a pretty wide range. I, um, I like things from as pop mainstream as post Malone to more like older indie stuff like Patty Griffin um, to, Oh my gosh. I feel like I've kind of run the gamut. I feel like some of my favorite Nashville concert experiences have been at the Ryman. Um, Sigur Ross was probably a favorite and yeah. I don't even know what genre they are, but, um, if you're, I don't, are you familiar with yeah, them? For sure. yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't even know how to describe what they are, but I know that I love it. <laughs> yes. Um, that's, that's one of your favorite Nashville. Experiences. I think so. Yeah. Um, war on drugs. Do you ever listen to them? A little bit. I can't claim to be the fan that you and John are yeah. not that I dislike them, but they just don't, they somehow aren't on my well, when Regular we were texting playlist. the other night about potentially uh, recording this podcast, you're like, are you going to Justin Bieber? Because if so, I mean, <laughs> that was what I was like. Yes. Way to spread it out, Sarah. Yeah. I, Justin Bieber is a performer. I yeah. Mean, um, is there any musical acts out there, like just bands that you truly love and uh, have been a fan of for a long time that you've never seen that at some point in time in your life you want to see? Yeah. Honestly, Patty Griffin, I have listened to her for a long time. Um, the flaming red album is one that was like personally significant to me. And she also recorded an album here in Nashville at downtown Presbyterian church. And I had a studio space on the third floor of downtown Presbyterian church for 11 years actually. And I was there, she was recording in a different part of the building, but I was there when she was recording and it was, it just was a really cool, it somehow made me feel connected to her yeah. even though we personally never met it was you were in the you building know, it was i was in her presence <laughs> yeah oh that's super cool yeah um so running you know what what's what's running like in your your life right now i mean you're getting ready to make a pretty big move but to kind of like bring that uh is that you know i feel like running will remain a part of your life right will, I mean, what, yeah. what's is there what's the puerto rico running scene like are there some, more, more trails i would think more trails so it's a little different depending on where you're at on the main island of puerto rico there are um, like half marathons, bigger organized races. There's, I think Ironman even has a half Ironman there. Um, where we are, we're actually going to be on Vieques, which is a smaller island that's seven miles off the East Coast and of the main island of Puerto Rico. And so that does not have as many large race events happening. And um, it actually doesn't have a running group. And so that's something I want to start. Okay. I, I know there are other people running there because I see them when I go, but um, I don't think there's any organized groups. So I would like to South Nasty is who yes. extremely <laughs> South Nasty right there. Uh, that's awesome. What is the thing about running, I guess, that still means the most to you that you want to continue? Yeah. Um, probably a combination of the social aspects. I would like to start a running group um, 
and hopefully meet other people there because this will be a community where we've gotten to know a couple people, but honestly, we will be just mostly trying to meet new friends and running has been a great way to do it here in Nashville. So I would like to continue doing it there and meet other friends through running. And then also, like I mentioned earlier, as far as like for my mental health, I just really feel like even when it's a struggle to run, I always end a run feeling better than if I hadn't done it. And so I want to carry that with me that. Yeah. Yeah. Just more proof that you're a great guest. You answer the question even with me asking it completely poorly <laughs> at the start of it. That, 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 that answer was there. Okay, well, I knew it. I was completely <laughs> not even sure how I asked it the first time around. I just know it wasn't great. My apologies. No. Uh, you have taken Fleet Feet Speed Sessions before. I have. have you? Yep. I know that's something when that you've you done. When you and Mark Miller were doing them. God, Mark Miller is such a great coach. Did you a ever classic. T- yeah. Did you ever take it when it was in Centennial Park over here? Yep. Yeah. I actually ran there recently and was was thinking about that no the way. old mile loop there yeah. it's different now you know they've renovated centennial yes. a little bit and it's not it's not the same but like that was pretty that was pretty neat that 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 winter speed yeah. sessions around that mile loop i did both out at the track in brentwood where was it cpa maybe cpa track. yeah for sure yeah i did those sessions and then i think one year i did the centennial park sessions yes but, well yeah you are ready for this then sarah running the 615 speed sessions oh my gosh i'm nervous we're going to just the, take take all the time you want. All right. Okay. Yeah, I know you're getting ready to move out of the country in about 14 hours, but let's ease your way <laughs> through these. No problems. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. Trails or roads? Trails. Early bird or night owl? Early. Breakfast, lunch, or dinner? Ooh. I want to say all, but I'm going to go with breakfast. All is still okay, though. What is your favorite Nashville restaurant? Oh my gosh. Okay. So El Mariachi was the Mexican place in our neighborhood and it actually closed at the beginning of this year, but it has been a favorite. It will live on in my heart forever. That was near dear. Any restaurant that is still currently open that you (laughs) care a lot about too, just so you can get two out there. Yes. Calypso Cafe is a good. Oh yeah. Great. Just a favorite. Um, Coffee, tea, soda, water, or alcohol. You can have two of them. Oh, they really have all. Okay, well, we'll section this off into um, coffee in the morning and then maybe a glass of wine in the evening. All right, perfect. Man, I know the answer to this. Dogs or cats? Oh, obviously dogs. Yep. <laughs> Streak remains. Are you a talker or a listener? Oh, man. Honestly, although I am feeling very chatty right now, I'm probably more of a listener. Okay. Beach or mountains? Beach, probably no surprise. <laughs> <laughs> you spent plenty of time in the mountains, though. You're a trail I do runner. love mountains. Yeah, but I do you love were mountains. getting ready to literally move to a yeah. beach. Yeah, that was, that was put in there specifically. Yeah. Uh, what is something that is not good for you that you do anyway? Um, consume sugar on a daily basis. You and me both, yeah. man. Can't give it up. Not the next question, but the question after that is for you. What is something that is good for you that you want to do more of? Honestly, just be da- like active daily and... Not as intense as running or training for anything. I want to have a daily routine that involves walking more. I really don't do that much these days, but I really want to have that. Just a a daily coffee and walk as part of my everyday routine. Uh, Back to your sugar. Uh, Favorite cookie or candy? Uh, Probably candy. Which one's your favorite? Um... The gummy bear type situation, orange slices, anything like that that's like covered in sugar and 
is kind of chewy. Nothing wrong with that. That's all. Yeah, I celebrate all of it. I've been eating Reese's peanut butter cups like I'm Ooh. trying to get diabetes. Like, yes. like I know if I just keep applying myself, I'll get them. Okay. Well, this is unpopular, but I love Peeps. Okay. It's kind of a seasonal, yeah. seasonal sugar but treat. But fun. Yes. Yeah. Um. Uh, are you a sports fan? Do you have any sports team that you really uh, care for? Um. To be honest, I don't. I feel a little bad saying that. I feel like I should say the Titans. I know. Your dog's name Titan? I mean, I, he is. is there some correlation between the Titans and him? No, we adopted him. He was already a year old and his name was Titan and he knew his name. And so I felt oh. bad about changing it when he's already being, you know, he had been surrendered by his previous owner to the shelter. And I felt like that would be a lot to go through. And like sure. I didn't want to also change his name and confuse him so he's still Titans. It's still I still think you're a Titans fan of me that's you, perfect we can go with that <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I should be all uh, right do you have a dream vacation spot you're getting mm. ready to make your permanent residence a dream vacation spot um you are not wrong but I also am excited about all the places we'll be able to travel out to from there like Costa Rica uh the British Virgin Islands all of that stuff will be an easy plane flight away and so I'm Excited to continue exploring, yes. even though I'm about to live about in that part. The part. Yeah, spot. you're making other spots more attainable, yep. accessible. Yep. Um, do you have a favorite TV show or movie of all time, or both? Oh man, um, honestly, oh, it's hard to pick a favorite. I, I'm not gonna lie, The Office is pretty much unbeatable pretty awesome yeah. yeah and any movie that you've seen lately or one that you just you know from way back when that you like liked a lot mm. i've gotten out of movie watching over the past over the past years um i can't think of even the last movie i saw i know it's bad i've started just watching netflix shows and have gotten Peaky out Blinders. of watching movies have you seen didn't it? watch it yeah, mm-hmm. that's a, that's, okay uh-huh. i'm gonna have to pass i'm sorry <laughs> The office it is. We'll stay with yeah. it. Um, all right. Uh, what is the best way to recover after a long or difficult run? Um, by eating a lot of pancakes. Pancakes. Ooh, yes. Yeah. Awesome answer. Yeah. Um, what about, is there anything that you're afraid of? Heights. Honestly, I'm not a big roller coaster person. Um, heights when I feel like I'm out of control. Like I... When I'm on a trail in the Grand Canyon, for instance, I feel okay with that height because I can kind of control the speed at which I am moving along. But if I am stuck on a roller coaster or some kind of ride like that, I am terrified. Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> yep, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, do you listen to music or no music on the run? Honestly, I usually run with other people and I usually talk, so. There you go. Either. Conversation versus Conversation, music. yeah. Uh, watch or no watch when you run? watch and i understand i appreciate the benefits of no watch but i am out of habit a watch person like to track what's going on yeah um what's your favorite running path you've ever run on you run on a lot of <gasps> ones you got oh, anyone that's just a favorite man i did get to do the grand canyon rim to rim and since i just mentioned it that made me think of it things like that are 
I think I would just have to say my favorite running paths are things like that where I get to run while I am exploring a new place. So it right. combines running with adventure yeah. in general. Any Anywhere I can go that combines that. Is Did you favorite. get to run on the Grand Canyon where it was like, you know, I know it changes from time to time, but where you, where you went through like different climates within the same run, like it was yeah. hot and cold at different points in it? When I went, we started on the North Rim and went to the South Rim and starting on the North Rim, it was actually very cold. I don't think there was snow on the ground but there had recently been snow and so you're dressed in warmer layers starting on the north rim really early in the morning very very cold and then by midday we're in the bottom of the valley and it's 100 degrees and really really hot so yeah yeah, wildly diverse temperatures super cool that you did that um is there any misconception about you sarah oh hmm I sometimes wonder if people think I'm standoffish because I am somewhat anxious in large groups. I love small groups and I feel like that's when I open up more. Sometimes in a huge crowd, I can get really quiet. And I think sometimes it's mistaken for being standoffish, but I just feel a little anxious. Yes, that's that's a good answer. You are not standoffish, though. Good, I don't mean to be. <laughs> What's your favorite holiday? Oh, I... Love New Year's Eve, to be honest. Yeah. Um, Who inspires you? I am inspired by a lot of people and people who get creative about making their own way in life. People who are very intentional about creating a life that is exactly the one they want to live. And that could be people that start their own business or people that find a way to make travel possible. But people who are who put the effort in to create a life that they actually feel most alive. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, If you want a million dollars, what's the first thing you're going to buy? I feel like I would want to help my friends buy houses because as we were talking about the Nashville housing market being crazy earlier, I feel like that's one of those things where if you can just get your foot in the door is life changing, but it can be sometimes hard to, do that to get your foot in the door. Right. So yeah, I feel like I would try to like make some investment investments like that that would help people out. Yeah. Uh, is there a favorite book or a favorite quote that you have? Mm. <laughs> um, a book that I reread a lot is the four agreements. Um, I don't, I can't think of one favorite quote off the top of my head. I feel underprepared. That's a good, that's your, that's a go-to book. Yeah. Classic. Okay. Uh, Is there any advice you would give to your younger self? Not to worry so much about what other people think. Great one. Do you have a favorite race distance? You have run all of them. Do you have one that just is your, your favorite? I am torn. I would say half marathon on the road, 50 K on the trails. Awesome. Both of those I've done. Half marathon to me, a lot more fun. (laughs) That's a good good distance. (laughs) For sure. Uh, What has running taught you? Um, That you're capable of more than you think. Oh, awesome. Hug, high five, or fist bump? Mm, Toss up between hug and high five. All right. Is there something that you consider, Sarah, your purpose of life? Hmm. Oh, that is tough. Um, 
you had a lot of good answers today that are, I think are uh, good purposes in life. I feel like it is using your skills or your knowledge or your strength to help other people have better lives or find joy to, yeah, to use your skills or your strength to help other people in meaningful ways. Yes. That's a, I don't know if that's a vague answer. No. Nope. <laughs> awesome. Uh, thank you, Sarah, for being part of running the 615. We have, we have talked about doing this for a long time. It took you moving to another country to, yes, but we uh, <laughs> to did it. really we made it happen. put the fast forward <laughs> on this. Uh, you are such a fun person to to know and be friends with, Sarah. You, you, and, you and John both. Um, Same to you. Thanks for just uh, the, you know, the things you've done for, you know, Nashville and, and the friends that we have and, and, and being a part of it and just being a you know fun person to chat with and, and, uh, be around really. I mean, that's, oh. that's a lot of what running is. Like you said, is just being around each other and, and, and talking when you're out on a run. But, um, you know, it's, uh, it's really neat memories that we have with, with the things that we've done and the friends that have been a part of it, but also just, uh, you know, a fun thing to be a part of. And although I'm super excited for you guys to Puerto Rico, I hope that at least if you never move back, you guys certainly come back we on, will on the definitely reg. be back. 100. Thank you. you. Thank you for having me. Good luck in Puerto Rico. This could it. definitely be the first repeat interview when you come back from being out international. Yeah. Um, we we just probably will have some more to discuss. Or maybe you start a travel series and then you come and run there and then we do a podcast there. Even better. Yes. yes. I want a free horse. So, I mean. You, <laughs> they are available. Yes, man. Thanks so much, Sarah. Yeah, awesome thank you. you.